Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. Today I'm taking a break from filming the 2k redux plan to do a two hour row. Yep, two hours long. I've been taking requests to the Facebook page and loads of folks want me to row for two hours. I think it's punishment to be honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, right now it's the half marathon or marathon challenge from the Concept 2 page and a few folks just wanted a two hour row to row along to. So I'm obliging, so why not do it? Okay, so uh, I will talk about pace and all that kind of stuff as we get through the main row, but really I'm just going to break it into 10 minute chunks and I'm going to kind of go 18 strokes a minute, 20 strokes a minute, 22 strokes a minute. Then you do that four times over and as if by magic our two hours will be up. Okay, simple. So even though we're going to be rowing for two hours today, I'm still going to throw a four minute warm up at you, okay? I hope you're okay with that. But I just want to make sure that we're all eased off and we're sure about what we're going to be doing and not just jumping straight into two hours. So we always start off the warm up by setting up our machine first. Now in a concept two, we start off by looking at our drag factor first. Now, if you don't know anything about drag factor and you have a concept two, then please do check out the video I have on the YouTube channel. If you're using a different machine, then just set the weight or resistance of the machine so that you feel you're connecting to it, but it doesn't feel really heavy like you're rowing a cruise ship down a river, especially if you're going to be rowing for two hours a day, okay? Now, kind of general guide for concept two is a drag factor between 115 and 130, but of course you maybe have some specific thoughts about yourself. So set it how you want it to be. Next up, go to your monitor and if you can set it at eye height rather than having to look up or down. And finally set your foot straps to a point, maybe covering the bottom lace on your shoe or at least getting you to a point where you can bend uh, your ankles, knees, shins, hips, whatever to get your shins pointing vertically, all right? I tried to change my little intro blurb today, but I've obviously been fluffing my lines all over the place. I'm going to just go back to what I usually say. So a four minute warm up. I'm going to start at 18 strokes a minute and our pace is really just going to be just a little bit of force through the legs, almost like you're doing a body weight squat. Okay, in three, two, one, let's go. Now we're going to gradually increase that pace over time, but we're not really going to go harder than 2K plus 20 pace through this warm-up. Now, if you don't know what I mean by 2K plus anything, then what I want you to do at one point, if you're interested in this, is to row a two kilometer time trial. And then that final result, the time it takes you to row 2000 meters, you divide the resulting time by four. And that will give you the average time to cover 500 meters. And that's how we describe pace in like mostly in the indoor rowing community. I know like CrossFit might talk about calories and all that stuff, but from an indoor rowing point of view, your 500 meter split pace is how we talk about how fast you're rowing. So if your average time works out to be two minutes and five seconds because it took you eight minutes 20 to row two kilometers, 
then when I say 2k plus 20 that means you should be rowing at 2 minutes 25 okay that's all on my website and stuff if you want to know more there's also a video on the YouTube channel about it right so in three strokes time we're going to put one leg on the floor okay last one here one leg on the floor continue rowing with just that one leg strapped in and it might feel different your balance might be off slightly and you might feel you're suddenly using a leg that maybe you don't push off with as much so it'll feel actually quite you're like whoa what's going on here but that's why it's good practice let's change feet but what it does is it helps with your compression to the front of the stroke because you're not bound by two legs and it slows things down gives you a chance to really think about your movement and that press out from the front as you drive back last stroke here and now legs straight roll with your back and arms so swing over your hips pull in your arms then push out your arms swing back over your hips and that swing over your hips oh my it's important when it comes to all kinds of things power injury prevention fitness of your body so you don't get just worn out too quick so much stuff right roll to the front of the machine arms straight drive out with your legs okay keep those arms straight and a forward lean and just push out with your legs try and hold that forward lean arms straight and really get that sensation of pushing out with your legs and connecting with your hands at the same time okay two more of these ah maybe two more can we squeeze in one more come on ah just on zero right slightly kind of in and out warm-up today where I kind of a little bit of technique a little bit of 2k pacing chat and whatever but we're about to spend two hours together so I can go through more technique stuff and more of my uh, chat about training and eating and motivation and whatever for the next couple of hours okay so importantly have a last chance to get some uh, fluid into you so get, have a nice drink not so much you're gonna have to stop this two hour row mid to go for a pee mid row um, I get some fluids in you uh, uh, move up and down the rail just a little bit just to keep your legs moving and then we'll do today's session just a quick reminder that these podcasts are taken from the videos that I host on YouTube. If you want to see what I'm doing rather than just listen, then check out Row Along on YouTube or head to rowalong.com. Okay then, so I'm hoping this isn't going to come as a surprise to you, but today we're going to be rowing for two hours. Okay, now I'm going to split this into 10 minute chunks and I'm going to do them at 18, then 20, then 22 strokes per minute. You do that four times and as if by magic, that's our two hours done. Now I'm going to start at 2k plus 20 pace for these 18 strokes a minute and then I'm going to go slightly faster each time I go up through the next two rates. But 
You don't have to follow me, okay? Pick whatever stroke rate and pace that you think you can do in order to get through this two hours. You should, if you've got the fitness in, you'll be able to follow me stroke rate and pace wise, but if you wanna row two hours, just make sure you're fine for the two hours. However, there's also a chance that you're gonna be wanting to do a half marathon with this, in which case, just set your monitor to, to 21,097 meters and just row along with me however pace you want, and then you can do what you want when the 21,097's up. If I'm still rowing, just leave me be. I'll still be here rowing away. You can go and have a shower and stuff, and I'll still be talking away to myself, all right? Just do what you need to do. Have a last drink. Keep your water bottle close in case you need to have a drink mid-row. I might even show you how I do that if ever I need to, if I'm rowing a marathon or something, but uh, that's us. Okay, so, sorry, I just completely ran out of what I was saying in that sentence. Two hours, I'm gonna start 18 strokes a minute on this first 10 minutes, okay? And don't worry about it, we're breaking into 10 minute chunks for a reason, because I'll stop saying the words two hours to you from now. This, well, I probably will say again. <sighs> stop rambling, John. You ready for this? Let's go then. In three, Two, one, go. I'm gonna run out of disc space on my camera at this rate. I keep on waffling away. I think I was stalling because I was just like, hang on. This is gonna be the longest outside of a full marathon anyway. The longest aisle of road straight for and even then, actually, when I did the marathon, I stopped every 20 minutes to take on food and water. So, assuming I don't need to stop and run away for a comfort break, then for me, this could well be the longest single row that I've done. Now, I'm going to get to technique and stuff soon enough, don't worry, but just want to talk right now about my preparations for doing this. Obviously, it's a bit late, because we're now both on the machine together rowing away, but just for future purposes I say maybe you've come into this with a view to only kind of just using this as company for an hour for the time being and you might come back to it another day for the full two hours so first thing to say is what I'm wearing Nothing special. Just my regular, fitter, faster, stronger t-shirt. My normal Under Armour shorts. And just an everyday pair of Calvin Klein boxer shorts underneath. I'm not sponsored by Calvin Klein. Even though I have the body of a model, obviously. <laughs> Seriously, we're two and a half minutes in. If you can't put up with jokes like that, this is going to be a long row for you. <laughs> anyway, two pairs of socks, because I row in socks. 
and I wear two pairs all the time just to kind of help with the potential discomfort from the the ridges on the foot plates so no other reason for two pairs it might help with the heel cups I suppose I don't tend to especially at these stroke rates I don't tend to yank on the foot straps so I don't get any discomfort from the tops of my feet and the straps but the reason there was a reason for starting off with this chat is that I'm not using a seat pad I'm not sitting on a towel I don't have a special pair of padded shorts or anything it's just me my backside and the standard concept to rowing seat right I'm about to hit a thousand meters and when I do I'm gonna do a power stroke one more stroke here we go I suggest you do the same that every time you cross the 1000 meter mark and then 2000, 3000 etc just do a single power stroke and then do the same every five minutes as well which is coming up in two one here we go now I'm not going to keep on calling them out mostly because I'll forget so that can keep you occupied while I talk away to you is looking at your distance covered and the time gone and every 1000 meters give a single power stroke and every five minute block give a single power stroke and what I mean if you don't know what that is is it's just you keep it your same stroke rate but instead of me rowing at the amount of leg push that gives me 2k plus 20 pace I just give a good old maximum push with the legs after all your legs are where the power is generated from I'm not saying a big pull with the arms I'm saying max power push with the legs when it comes to it I hope I didn't just talk you into doing an extra one now these power strokes are more than just a distraction it's the kind of thing that when you're doing 
a long row like this. Can just add little speed bursts to what you're doing. So if you think about if we do it in every five minutes. Oh no, he's about to do maths. That means 24 of them in two hours, plus a power stroke every kilometer. Say we're gonna cover, well, I'd assume for me maybe about 20, 28,000. I'll see what my final distance is, but so that's 28 plus 24. That's uh, 52, is that right? Power strokes I can put in, which basically works out as a my split pace faster. So if I am quite happily rolling along at 205 right now, but my power strokes take me up to two minutes dead, that means that I've kind of given myself five seconds for free. Does it? Oh hang on, I can't work out the effort mass there. You get what I'm saying, but anyway. And this is only by throwing in one stroke every 1,005 minutes. If you, oh, I've got my next one coming up here. Go. If you do power strokes, do like a longer row, but do like three of them maybe, or every minute, or every 500 meters, it's a great way to just cheat in a little bit of pace that you won't notice putting in. Okay, so in just under 40 seconds time, we'll, or I will increase my stroke rate to 20 strokes a minute. And then Let's talk technique for a wee while. Just want to make sure you are nice and warm before I start asking you to think about what your body's doing. Okay, one more stroke. Now I'm up to 20 strokes a minute. But shouldn't really feel massively faster in terms of how fast my stroke rate's going and hopefully just as a result of going two strokes faster per minute you should be rowing right about one or two seconds faster from a pace point of view and that's because in order to speed up stroke rate, you have to put a slightly faster drive in and a slightly 
faster finish and recovery. And that makes you go faster. So, why, how, what is this magic? Well, like I said, remember your stroke is all about uh, push from the legs, okay? Did I just drop to 18 for a while? I think I did. Let's go back up to 20. Come on, John. It doesn't matter if we wobble, but terribly unprofessional of me. That's better. Sorry about that. So, it's a push with the legs. And that's how you get the power into the machine. However, the power only gets in there if you do it right. I mean, I can push hard with my legs like this and then my butt goes scooting back and none of that power is going into the machine. And what ends up having to happen is it's all, all about the upper body to catch up. So butt's away and then I have to pull with my arms. But pull, you don't want to do that. So the key is that when you push with your legs, you also connect the handle to the flywheel at the same time, but you make sure that your body is in a position to send that power from your legs to your hands. Because just because I connect with the flywheel, I can still mess it up and it's still not right. So how do you do that? So I'm taking a extremely long-winded way to talk to you about this. It's almost like we have some time in our hands. You going anywhere? The point is that as you push with the legs, you want your body in a position to send the power through. And that position is a forward lean tilting over your hips and straight arms okay and that way if you have a good powerful posture and a braced core as you push with the legs all that power goes through your legs and into the machine so it's worthwhile just having a quick kind of self-examination about what's going on. Maybe start with your arms and think, as I drive, are my arms straight? Or am I picking up the handle too soon and bending those arms? 
too soon. Which you don't want to do. And then think about your back. Are you leaning in as you get to the front of the machine? And then importantly, are you holding it there as you drive and then come through to the back of the stroke? Because it's all very good being a perfect student. And having that forward lean to the front of the machine. But if you break your back or break that lean too soon, then again, that power transfer from your legs into your arms is wasted. And certainly the power that you can put in with that shift of your body weight, like your upper body weight, from a forward to a backward lean. If you have already done it before you drive, you've lost all that power. It's gone, floating up into the sky, wasted, a wasted dream of what could have been bit too poetic, eh? But anyways, that's the point, is that if you think back to the warm-up and the drill we were doing, holding the forward lean with straight arms and just pushing out from the front, that's why we do that drill, is to really get in that feeling of leaning forward still as you drive with the legs. Now, I'm still working on this as a technique point because I know I could be leaning forwards for much longer than I do. In fact, when I was doing the Apple Fitness review and I was watching the guide from Josh, one of the instructors beforehand, and he talks through technique, how to row, and you watch him, and he holds, and then right the last minute he swings, holds, swing, and you think, is that actually what you're best to do? Probably is. But yeah, so drive, hold it, drive body, and drive body arms. So that's the sequence. So make sure to drive with your legs, then swing your body, and then at the back of the stroke, that's when you finally pull in those arms to a strong finish. And I mean a strong finish. I don't want you to limp into a finish and just dump the handle down. Even for a row like this, I want you to finish strong. Squeeze 
those shoulder blades together pull the handle in up to what about sternum height send those elbows through your sides to get that power in because yeah your arms might be the weakest part of the stroke but they're still part of the stroke so it's not push don't pull it's push then pull not to have a go at my equine based competitor but and he knows that too he knows it's all just about the front of the stroke he's not talking about the whole thing but just to say it's push then pull right three strokes to go and then we go up to 22 strokes per minute last one alrighty so again just a little bit more of a push from the legs to get a slightly faster drive speed and that should result in a higher stroke rate and then faster pace I said in the last time round how the recovery is important too and it is because as your drive speed speeds up the release of your handle and the recovery back down the rail or beam whatever you want to call it is also a little bit faster because the speed you pull the handle in I want you to release the handle up so you go in out in out it's not in out in out you're not scared of the handle it's not on fire it's your friend you're being nice to it so in out and that increased speed from the drive then translates to the recovery gets the handle away quicker your forward lean happens a little bit quicker your recovery to the front then happens a little bit quicker ready for your drive out of the front of the machine which is already a little bit quicker but if you didn't have a slightly faster recovery then what happens is you go do I have to drive fast? slow I have to drive fast? slow I have to drive fast? slow okay you don't want that because that rushing drive throws your rhythm ideally 
Do you want it to be a one to two ratio where you drive for one, recover for two? Especially at these low stroke rates. When you get to faster stroke rates, you'll start to find it's more of a one-to-one, -one, but we're not doing them today, so we can ignore them. Right, so that was a good 15-minute bimble. <laughs> That's a hashtag. But yeah, a 15-minute bimble about technique. Maybe not as focused as I usually am, but I'm going to slow down the rate of technique chat today because we have the option to. Oh, so if I was to continue rowing at my current pace, which I know I'm not going to. It says I'll cover just over 29,000, well, 29,400 meters. So let's see what happens to that by the end of the row. Because you never know, I might not be able to hold on to the pace like I said, it's the first time I've done a two hours flat out, or sorry, straight, not flat out. This is not flat out. <laughs> okay, coming up to a power stroke. Not this one, not this one, this one. Now, quick last word on them before I talk about something else. The power strokes also stop your backside, just kind of going, going into autopilot and kind of going into that possible numb world because it's just activating in the same way over and over again. So the power stroke kind of tightens up your backside, extra surge and boost of blood through it, and can help if you start to get those cramping feelings in your backside, which posture plays a huge part in, but I'll talk about that in a bit. If you can, maybe just shift around a little bit on the seat, on the recovery. Maybe just go side to side to ease the pressure from your sit bones down onto your backside. Because like I said, I'm not wearing padded shorts. I'm not sitting on a special seat and or seat pad and I'm sitting on the 
standard concept two, seat. And as long as I keep my posture okay through this row, and I make sure to ease the pressure from time to time, then I should find I'm going to get through it easily without a sore backside. I mean, obviously, you'll be taking around, hang on, what's the maths? 120 minutes, average of 20 strokes a minute. That's about 2400, is that right? 240 times 20. No, 120 times 20. Two's, 24, yeah, 2400. So that's 2400 squats, basically, or deadlifts. That's going to take its toll on your muscles anyway. So don't compound the problem by letting poor posture squish your backside. <sighs> right, so we're coming up on half an hour, which for many is already the golden ticket of rowing the first time that you hit the half hour point when rowing. It's funny, I think most people start off just thinking about the rowing machine as something you can sit down on, row fast and destroy yourself by doing a max effort workout. But then the more you get used to rowing, the more time you spend rowing, researching, training, the more your goals tend to broaden a bit. And it's then not just about pace, but about longevity. Well, it was for me anyway. Right, a few more strokes, then we're going to go back down to 18. One more, down to 18. Because when I first started, I'd basically load up 2,000 meters and see how fast I could row it in. And that's really all I did for every morning before work for about six months. And then when I got sub seven for the first time, that's when I went online to start looking at what else I could do. At which point the world opened up 
with all the different options of can you do a 5k can you do 5k under 20 minutes can you roll for half an hour and then can you roll over 8,000 meters in 30 minutes and then 10k sub 40 an hour first off over 15,000 meters and then eventually when the performance aspect kicks in can I go over 16,000 meters then sub 90 half marathon once your first half marathon's out of the way so it all goes hand in hand with each other performance and longevity and the thing is there's only well I say few few is the wrong number here but there's only a few people that really care if you're in a conversation with a normal and you tell them you rode over 8,000 meters in half an hour most people will say that's very nice dear but speak to a, someone who does indoor rowing and trains and knows this stuff and when you say to them I can go over 8,000 meters most of them will go wow that's a great milestone that shows you've got pace and fitness in there for uh, for rowing it's not to say normal people don't care they just don't have the reference they've never tried it themselves so they just I don't know. I mean, I see when, when I'm at work and stuff and I'm wearing like my roll along hoodie, people are like, roll along, what's that? And I start to tell them. And I gotta say, there's a certain point in the conversation where I can see that dead look behind their eyes which is saying I wish I'd never asked and the fun part is trying to keep the conversation going as long as you can before you see them just go I'm out here and they either make an excuse and leave or change the subject I don't do that that often but I can certainly recognise the point when I'm talking to somebody who kind of starts off interested but by the time I start talking about 2k plus 9 pace and stuff or the importance of technique that's when I just see them check out 
So, if that happens to you, like it does to me, or like it does to Grace, I guess. It's your fault we're doing this, you know. <laughs> then, first off, recognize that point when people switch off. But then, remember, there's a whole community of people out there who do care, who will respond, be it on Facebook, either through my Row Along Facebook group or the Concept2 Indoor Rowing Hub or Concept2 Community, loads of Facebook pages where you could post a screenshot of you going 30 minutes and most people will comment, well, well done. You might get the odd comment saying maybe raise the stroke rate or whatever, but on the whole, I'd say 99% of the indoor rowing community are really open to helping, to supporting and advising anyone that asks so if you're really wanting to share and everyone around you is switching off then look for Facebook groups or team forums things like the free spirits forum they're a great team really chatty and helpful or even just the Concept2 Forum at c2forum.com and then you start to get into their world as well and like I had no idea about the various online challenges that were on option like the cross team challenge or non-athlon or even the concept to monthly challenges no idea whatsoever and then you start looking into them maybe at that point you want to join a team like the aforementioned Free Spirits or Fitness Matters, Sub 7, Diamonds, which I think of off the top of my head. There's, there are a good 50 different teams out there. Just go to the Cross Team Challenge page, c2ctc.com and you'll see a list of all the teams that row in it if any of them float your boat then seek them out ask to join and then what you'll find 
is that real team spirit stuff. And it must be said, there is great motivation when it comes to this sport, being in a team. Because in the most part, this is just you on your own. Especially if you don't row with somebody, you're in the gym or at home, then that online team camaraderie and support can really push you to things you didn't think you could achieve because you're trying to help support your team. I know it did for me when I first joined Free Spirits. I rode faster than I ever had before. Right, one more stroke. I'm going to go back up to 20s. Here we go. I hope you're keeping track of when you should be doing your power strokes just because I'm not calling them out doesn't mean you're allowed to forget about them but yeah so you might not have people around you who are particularly interested in what you're doing in the rowing machine or even they're interested but they're not quite responding how you need them to in which case forums facebook and teams are the way to go okay so we're past the 40 minute mark Hopefully, you're getting on okay. I remember what I said before about hydrating, where if you feel you need a drink, take a drink. Okay, there's no, especially on a training row like this, there's no medals to be won for suffering your way through a two-hour row completely dehydrated I remember watching some kind of sports documentary years ago and it was about or there was a part of it talking about an American wrestling coach who used to make his junior wrestlers train completely dehydrated in the view that if you could train and perform well when dehydrated then when you're hydrated you'll perform even better massively flawed concept if you ask me Yes, there's an element of needing to know what it's like to be dehydrated and pushing through, but 
you also need to know what your body is capable of when it's at 100% and to be able to recognize the slip as you head towards dehydration. We're lucky as rowers because you'll most likely see that on your monitor first, that slip in pace. It might be that it starts off that slip from just fatigue and your technique slipping but eventually if dehydration sets in you'll also just find you can't hold the pace quite as comfortably or as well as before A quick word on hand comfort here as we approach almost 45 minutes. Make sure if you can have nice open palms with your fingers just hooked over the handle. Not only will your hooked fingers have less chance to cause blisters, but those open palms will also allow airflow around your hands, which will help when it comes to moisture. Power stroke which basically when your hands get really wet, I think about if you've been in the bath too long and your hands start to prune and how soft your skin is. And I don't know if you've ever cut yourself after a bath, but it's really easy because your skin is so soft well it's the same here if your hands and the handle are soaking wet because of sweat then it'll be like you're pruning the insides of your fingers and then any friction irritation from the aforementioned 2400 strokes is more likely to cause a blister. Now sometimes what I'll do is I'll take a period where as I return the handle I'll only hold it with my index fingers and my thumb very loosely underneath so I can keep my whole hand open to let that air get in 
and also that movement of your hand also helps if your fingers start to cramp I definitely have suspect pinky fingers that for whatever reason through a row they start to get quite sore Ooh. so yeah moving play the piano on the handle but remember that's not at, not at expense of good technique I still want that handle away and over your knees before you bend them so handle away straight arms hinge over your back then bend your knees especially as we come up to 48 minutes at this stage maybe fatigue can start to set in and that posture and rock over your hips can often be one of the first things to go where fatigue sets in and you start to just crumple like a floppy sausage try not to do that get the pace back up there we go yeah hopefully if you're rowing at a manageable pace and I mean at this stage even if you've had to back off two seconds or so in order to carry on rowing that's fine remember you may be in completely uncharted territories here where you're just along for the ride having never rode this long before so if you have to adjust your pace to get through it there's nothing wrong with that if you're rowing a half marathon for time try and push through this is a time trial then it is going to be on the harder side it's a trial not an easy row right last stroke it's got to 22 again I'll try and hold 22 better this time saw quite a few 21s last time so I don't have anything showing I do so as we get 50 minutes in here my watch is telling me that I've burned 444 calories so let's say another what maybe another 80 calories I'll try and remember to check it again 
but maybe I'll break 500 in an hour. And that's a good thing for me today because I had not only one of the most yummiest cakes today from a shop in Glasgow called the Three Sisters Bake. It was a toffee apple crumble cake. And I only had a third of it. And the next two thirds are waiting for me after dinner tonight. Which is good because I figure in the process of today's row, we ran about a thousand calories just from rowing, but also a couple of hundred calories from being alive, and then maybe another couple of hundred for the kind of metabolic afterburn that happens post-row which has been I had my breakfast of champions today and I combine that with cake and the pancetta gnocchi I'm having tonight it's quite important The thing is, I actually, before starting today's row, I did a intro for a future video about the guaranteed way to lose weight on the rowing machine. It's a little bit tongue in cheek because what I've done is I weighed myself before starting today's row which as being I was clothed it was post lunch post cake and I'd consumed quite a lot of water to get through this row well So I weighed 79 kilograms, which is still massively over lightweight, but it'll do. And the point is, I'll weigh myself afterwards. And just due to sweat, I'm sure I'll have lost one or two kilograms. And that's the only guaranteed way that rowing will make you lose weight. However, and this is the point of the video that I'll eventually make, rowing is fantastic 
a burning energy of just burning calories off and especially as it's such a low impact sport once you get the technique right and get past any muscle aches and things and you can row longer and longer and importantly use your whole body instead of just your upper body or just a light tickle with your legs you can really just torch through calories which if you look at losing weight purely from a energy calculation if you can use up more energy than you, you take in your body has to find it somewhere and usually your body will find it by getting energy by burning fat or at least getting the fat converting that to glycogen and burning that so if you use rowing as part of a calorie controlled weight loss program it can work for you the downside of course being like I say a row today for me will be around about a thousand to fifteen hundred calorie burn and I tend on a normal weekday to only eat about 2,000 calories a day and you're going to think well there's 3,000 calories to a pound if I kept that up eat 2,000 my body will burn about 2,500 calories a day just being alive so I'm already 500 calories in deficit add on a 1500 calorie row within a week that's what 14,000 calories that's nudging 5 pounds weight loss well hey however I'd get two days into that and would be absolutely exhausted and probably suffer quite badly from an exhaustion point of view so as much as you can get suckered in to the maths actually you need to remember 
your body's also an engine and if you start running on fumes or worse think of it as the oil if you run out of oil in the engine everything's going to start grinding falling apart and your engine will shut down on you so yes a roll like this will torch loads of calories but I also need to be mindful that I still want to train tomorrow so I still only want to hold a maximum of 5,500 calorie deficit per day okay two more strokes one more stroke and that is an hour done well done back to 18s just take a moment to settle in both physically and mentally because it may well be that as you saw that one hour marker pop up you were getting quite motivated and excited but now you're still left with all of that to do again so you have to prepare yourself to row for another hour which is fine this is why we're breaking the road down into chunks so apart from the idiot on the on the YouTube channel who keeps on telling you you had two hours you now have an hour you really only need to look ahead 10 minutes at a time and just think okay 10 minutes at 18 strokes per minute and then I'll go up again remember like I say be smart about your pace I've certainly dropped a second off my pace as I went into this 18s partly physical partly mental I'm sure on the next 18s I'll go back to the 2k plus uh, 20 so yeah so keep an eye on your pace and don't panic and don't worry okay I'm trying to give you a realistic 
pep talk here. I'm not gonna throw platitudes at you and say, hey, you've got this, you're doing amazingly well. Because frankly, I have no idea how you're doing. All I know is there's definitely a mental stimulus to hit that one hour mark that then is replaced by, all right, I still have an hour to go. But as long as you've got your pacing right and you've got nice open palms to keep your hands from getting sore, you're making sure every now and then to adjust your seat on your seat and you're trying to maintain your stroke technique you should get through this as long as you're confident about your fitness now again sometimes on some of the tougher rows I'll talk about how if I can talk while rowing at the same relative pace as you then you should be able to manage it but this is a slightly different beast because the will certainly hit a point where it's probably the longest that you've rode for a wee while so I don't know how you're getting on I'm just pleased that you're still getting on sometimes it's not how far you go it's how go you far if that makes sense if you're staying strong sensible sticking to your plan and you know you can get to the end then it doesn't matter whether I hit that 29,000 mark I was on about which right now doesn't look like a will it's actually just about did I keep strong and positive and powerful because what it means is that the next time I do a long row say if I come back and do 1 hour 40 next then I'll know well I can row 2 hours an hour 40 that's a walk in the park walk in the park can sometimes be pre preferential but again a walk in the park I then have to feel guilty about a huge slice of apple cake 
Now, I'm not saying that you can out-train a bad diet, but you can certainly work against the odd indulgence. I mean, proof in point, really. So, for the past, say, six, seven months, for various reasons, I've not been quite as on it for diet and kind of alcohol intake and stuff. I kind of just let it come and go as I please. Sometimes I wouldn't drink anything over a weekend. Sometimes I'd end up drinking an entire bottle of red wine. in one night <laughs> so I've not really been on it and you may have seen in the videos how sometimes I'm looking thinner than other times and that's really down to what I'm doing my diet my training hasn't changed any I still row the same sessions or same number of sessions, sorry, three or four times a week. I add in two bike sessions as well. And if there's time, I'll add in a couple of ski erg sessions too. I've been doing that all through this but the difference really is down to what I'm eating the quality of what I'm eating when I'm eating that's a big one too but it really must be say, said sorry what I'm drinking made a huge difference and bizarrely, I'm not just talking about booze. I've finally worked out how to drink black coffee in a way that I enjoy it, which is using Starbucks coffee grounds and an AeroPress and vanilla flavouring right, one more stroke up to 20s power stroke here we go so before I was doing intimate intimate, <laughs> intimate fasting what was that? I'll try some of that please intermediate fasting where I wouldn't eat after nine o'clock at night and then wouldn't eat until one o'clock the next day sometimes that slipped by an hour but I'd always leave that 16 hour window between however 
Previously, I was still drinking coffee with milk and one sugar. And I'd have about four or five of them before I had anything to eat for lunch. So it didn't really count as fasting, really. Fair enough, no food, but certainly the sugar was undoing what you would normally call a fast. Uh, but now that I'm on black coffee and vanilla drops with no sugar, it's a real fast. And I can so tell the difference, not just in fat loss and stuff, but in energy. You wouldn't have thought that stopping eating for 16 hours would give you more energy, but it really does. Well, it does me. And then I'll just eat well in the eight hours. I'll try and watch what I eat, but I'll still have pasta for dinner and I'll have maybe a couple of digestive biscuits. I know, quite sad that that's a treat. But then the last thing I'll have is um, peanut butter on toast, usually, with a big mug of hot chocolate, which is quite a lot of carbs to take in. So I'm doing all that, and it's seems to be working for me this time around because I'm no longer trying to out-train a poor diet filled with sugar, beer, cakes, all that kind of stuff. So I think I was kind of, I was maybe breaking even from time to time and then the scales would tip one week towards putting on weight and then the next week I'd lose a bit but really the point of this is to say that you need to look at what you're doing with your body and then more importantly what your body responds to now this 16-8 intermediate or intimate fasting that I'm doing definitely works for me but your body is your body 
your gender will make a difference. Your job, how active you are, will make a difference. The state of your insides, your gut biome, will make a difference. So, it's the same with anyone that gives you a plan that will tell you to lose weight is that they're just, most of them, trying to make money out of you. And whether or not what they're selling worked for them, what they're trying to sell you usually is a quick and easy non-suffering way to lose weight. And to be honest, I don't think there's such a thing. There has to be an element either of not eating the kind of foods that you want to eat or not eating at times you want to eat or I don't know they're the two biggies really aren't they <laughs> there's another or but like I say if someone tells you you must cut carbs to lose weight maybe it worked for them maybe it will work for you but you have to investigate what your body responds to and a lot of times calories in versus calories out makes a huge difference and then food choice comes down to how quickly you take those calories in if you eat five donuts well that's likely most of your day's calorie intake but if you eat a couple of nice chicken breasts that's probably only a quarter of your calorie intake and because it's protein and it fills you up it probably staves off hunger a little bit longer anyway sorry kind of went off on one there right so not that I need to drink but as we were approaching one hour 20 I want to show you what I do if I do need to drink so my water bottle is down next to my feet this is what I do hang on right hold the middle still Whoa. and done so yes I fell right off the pace there I was down at two 
35 when I'm looking to be between 203 and 205 but the important part was keeping the flywheel spinning even a little bit by still taking a stroke and pulling with the one hand that was still holding the handle okay so coming up to our next rate change do a quick overview on your body is anything tweaking you okay to increase stroke rate I can feel my right hamstring niggling a bit we'll see if going a little bit faster helps two one let's go up to 22s right so let's talk posture because like I said last time round this is likely to be the first thing that goes when you start to get a little bit on the tired side so I've said that the important part of the stroke is to be leaning in at the front with nice straight arms and you want to be in that position but you want to be up on your sit bones okay you don't want to be tucked under and kind of leaning in like Gollum okay note this benefit of the video people sorry podcast people you have to imagine Gollum rowing so up on your sit bones at the front with a braced core powerful posture not bolt upright like a door not rigid but braced primed and ready head looking straight ahead maybe the top line of your concept 2 monitor and then keep looking at that as you drive with that forward lean and straight arms and hopefully it'll help you maintain that position and posture halfway through the rowing stroke or until halfway through the leg drive at least and then once you get halfway through your leg drive that is when you swing your back from the forward lean to the backward lean and then pull 
the handle in to your chest at around sternum height. But the important thing is to continue that powerful posture through to the back of the stroke. So again, you don't crumple and collapse at the back. You want to be powerful with your sit bones still connected to the seat. You're not tucking your tailbone underneath you. You're still staying primed and ready so that this hip rock as you hinge forwards and backwards is simple and you're not trying to kind of undo a bad posture and the big clue or some of the big clues let's say for bad posture are are you having to throw the handle over your knees as you return Woo if so that's because of poor posture your tailbone is tucked underneath you and your knees are popping up too soon i.e. before the handle is past them and the huge culprit for that is tugging your feet on the foot straps did you do your power stroke? so if you tug your feet on the foot straps your knees instantly pop up and your tailbone tucks under but the other clue is if you are whacking the seat off your heels chances are you're coming in lying backwards and you're doing this sorry podcast people but so think about it for a while are your knees popping up and you have to throw your handle over or is the seat whacking off your heels if so your good posture that you started off with has kind of collapsed on you so try and think about being up on those sit bones and there's three reasons for that power in terms of efficiency fatigue prevention and that rowing in a poor posture 
is going to tire you out and likely cause a sore backside because your sit bones are rolling over and squashing your glutes when your tailbone tucks under and your hips roll back but then also just sheer injury prevention not just from a sore butt point of view but if you are like this everything is going through your lower back and trust me pain would be in your future I think to be honest I've said it before but most people who say they don't enjoy rowing because it hurts I'm gonna guess it's because they've got poor posture and therefore they get a sore backside from rowing but also a sore back but then sometimes there's just no one around either to show them what to do or who knows to show them what to do I mean the amount of gyms I've been to where the PTs have absolutely no idea when it comes to rowing and they're giving people the most hideous technique advice or general rowing advice nothing else they insist on always trying to talk to you have a conversation and not let the rower concentrate on actually rowing Ooh. okay so got 40 seconds and then we're into our last change up section which is good don't know about you but I'm starting to look forward to the end right just take a time to ease into the 18s one more stroke and then 18s hopefully your heart rate will come down a bit now mine was nudging 160 which is about 85% of maximum which is quite high for one of these long slow fitness boosting rows but it's to be expected that an hour and a half in cardiac drift happens 
So, uh, my watch is telling me I've only got 10% power. Is it gonna last out? So, got half an hour to go and it's saying 800, just over 800 calories burned just from rowing. So, divide that by three. What's three into 2.6? So, figure another 250, which would, yeah, take me up to about 1100 calories from rowing plus 200 calories just for being alive. So that's a good workout. I think I'll have earned my cake. And even if I hadn't stopped drinking, I would have earned a beer as well. I've actually just started trying to check out zero calorie beer because what I realized was that I was using alcohol as like a trigger to say it was the weekend. So Friday night, along with my spaghetti, I'd have a couple of beers or a couple of glasses of wine but purely because because I wasn't drinking during the week I would know that it was the weekend because I was drinking so I thought well maybe you don't need the alcohol part maybe all you need is something that you don't consume any other time of the week and it could be orange squash or ribena if it wasn't for the fact I drank them anyway I just thought you know what why not try no alcohol beer and just see if that can uh, from a psychosomatic point of view did the same trigger I was doing that last night and I have to say I think it worked I think the first one I was thinking oh I'm sure a real beer would taste better but eventually the trigger side of it kicked in and it just felt like the weekend I mean to be fair the spaghetti bolognese on a Friday triggers the weekend but it did go hand in hand with a glass of wine or beer so anyway 
and if nothing else it's like a hundred can sorry hundred calories for a can of Brewdog punk alcohol free versus what about 300 calories for a bottle of San Miguel so we'll see like I said from the way in before I started this row I'm a little bit on the heavy side right now so I could do with being a bit more controlled with the junk that goes in and at least making sure the junk that goes in is not some mindless self-fulfilling thing which beer kind of is you have one the seal is broken you go back for another one until you've had enough can almost guarantee once I've had this toffee and apple crumble cake tonight I'm gonna feel sick and not want another one oh, it's nice to see we're in the low 20s hope you're getting on fine whether you're coming up to finishing a half marathon or whether you're sticking with me for the full two hours we're almost there I'm still going to tag on a two minute cool down on the end because every session still needs a cool down be it for physical reasons just to let your body ease down or for mental reasons to just decouple with what will have been quite an intense workout no matter how you pace it whether you stayed at your initial pace from the start or whether like me you've backed off a couple of seconds oh I feel like you can see the finish finish line <laughs> even though it's still 21 minutes away but this kind of goes back to what I was saying about reasons to train is that it doesn't matter what other people think what they say in response to what you're doing 
it doesn't matter whether you're rowing fast or slow compared to the person next to you what matters is what you get out of it be that motivation to perform which is a huge part of why I row be it health and fitness which some people just know how good this is for them and so row just to have this as the element of a raised heart rate and physical activity or just whether it comes down to vanity right one more stroke and then up to 20s here we go power stroke because vanity comes in two forms from rowing the first is like I say the amount of calories that you burn if you're also eating sensibly you should notice that you're losing fat I'm careful there not to say weight because there's also a good chance that as you grow fitter, faster and stronger you are adding muscle too so you could be dropping that fat but your legs are getting leaner adding muscle your arms getting stronger your back your lats and then your pecs at the front will all be working hard as you row so you might not be losing weight on the scales but hopefully that vanity trigger when you look in the mirror which unless you're trying to hit an actual weight for a race or something that's what it's all about it's about looking in the mirror fitting into clothes that's the vanity side if I could put on the muscle to look like Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine then I'd throw my scales out the window and never <laughs> race as a lightweight again I'd be quite happy from a vanity point of view <laughs> I think my wife would do as well if I looked like Hugh Jackman
which then comes into goals what are your goals why are you doing this now it could be that you're just in the health and fitness camp you're doing this just to keep fit and that is motivation enough that you know that rowing three or four times a week is keeping you healthy keeping things like type 2 diabetes at bay and all that stuff but then maybe you've got a pair of jeans you want to get into I know last year in the middle of the worst part of lockdown when I was eating and drinking way too much I went on a nice summer walk with the kids and went to put on my favourite pair of cargo shorts for the walk and couldn't fasten the button and I mean not just sucking in my stomach not quite able to fasten I mean sucking in my stomach and there was still a good couple of inches between button and hole and that really lit a fire under me to start being a bit more sensible and structured so I stopped eating as much chocolate and cakes or I mean I think at that point I was drinking quite a lot midweek too I took lockdown quite badly I mean listen the video evidence is up on YouTube if you look at the original 2k plan you can see me getting bigger and bigger and then through the back end of the 2k plan and into the 5k plan you can see it starting to drop off again because I was suddenly motivated to eat well and take care of myself more like I said the rowing never really changed I was still doing the same amount but everything that came with it nutrition and sleep and stuff that changed but then there's the motivation to perform and that can be a great driving factor to get you coming back and back 
I mean, going back to the 8,000 meters in half an hour threshold, I was floating <laughs> at round about 7,900 for months. Just couldn't increase it. But the motivation to train and to practice those fast half hour sessions, that's what got me there in the end and why I was able to break through it. But then, once I got through it once, it's incredible how easy it was to do it again. How much of it was a mental barrier. You can't underestimate the power of the mind. And it works the other way too, especially for performance, where if your only motivation comes from a performance based, then suddenly, when for whatever reason, maybe injury or time away, lack of training, whatever. If your performance drops off and you're finding it hard to get back to that performance again, then instead of being a great motivator, well, what you'll find is that your performance goals are actually going to demotivate you as they slip away from you. Because at one point, my big motivator was to try to break three minutes for a 1K. And that was why I trained as hard as I could. And then I had a pretty bad accident with a knife. Kept me off the machine. And I've never been able to train as hard since. Two strokes. One stroke. Up to 22s. Final 10 minutes. Woohoo! But yeah. Indirectly, those couple of months off the machine because of cutting my hand, they meant when I was able to train again, I went out too hard, too soon. And that is where my shoulder injury came. Probably because I was going too hard and 
because it was my left hand that had cut. I was probably doing more work with my right arm at too heavy a load. And that's where whatever this recurring niggle came from. So, think about your reasons why you're motivated to row, but don't be a slave to them. Things change, life moves on. So, right now, you're my motivation. I don't mean that in a trite way. I mean, there's no way I would have done a two hour row today if it wasn't for Grace and a few others asking for a two hour row. I may have sat down to do it but at that hour mark where my brain struggled a bit I may have thrown in the towel but I continued rowing because of you I do all these sessions a week because of you I keep up the pace I certainly improve my cardio system because I'm talking to you and every time that I think oh I just can't be bothered today I just think of you it doesn't matter whether you're Ken or Grace or Charita or Scott, any of the usual guys. Apologies for missing out any of you. There's loads of you, but even if I just thought about you being someone who is looking for a reason to stay on the rowing machine and types in row along workout or whatever and up pops my cheeky face and maybe a session that you think well I could do that well giving you that option putting that in front of you so that it's there for you and knowing I might help you that's why I keep making these I mean if you look at the viewing figures I get for most of my videos most people will probably think why does he bother but then a week I'll get about 300 views 
and then it'll maybe within six months creep into a thousand apart from the odd power stroke the odd video that has snuck away and has like 40,000 but if I compare my rows to British rowing Eric Murray Shane Austin they get way more views than me but the truth is I honestly think that the 300 odd people who do come to row with me are people who respond to what I do rather than these other folks and I will happily carry on doing this for years just for that select 300 odd people who are constantly coming back okay we're sub four or under 80 strokes to go so now is a good time for platitudes if you've made it through the past 117 minutes almost then I know you have the next three in you it's only 66 strokes from now if you're following along with me gotta say I've pretty much held that 160 beats per minute 85% heart rate for and about an hour 40 of this which I think is a good sign that it hasn't really drifted up into max territory and again I kind of do figure that talking to you the whole way through does juice my heart rate up by five to ten beats two minutes I know I said I wouldn't give you time shout outs but I think these last three minutes are quite important don't let your technique slip here just carry on rocking over your hips from that forward lean to the backward lean nice straight arms at the front as you drive with the legs keep that posture up make sure the force is still coming from your legs 
We're almost done. All right, one minute to go. Oh, it's nice to see the clock. Countdown in seconds now. Finish how you want to cross that line. Hopefully, if you were pacing your half marathon to two hours, you're close. Uh, even if you haven't already finished it. And hopefully, you won't have much longer to go. All right. 10 seconds to go. Whoa. Two more strokes. Last stroke. Uh. Apologies if you are continuing to row. Oh. Take a moment. Unstrap. Wiggle your backside. Yeah. So, 28,000, just under 28,600 meters. So, average pace was 206, because I did drop off a wee bit on that back hour because I knew I wouldn't have been able to hold it. Mostly because I've just been doing no real longer than say 40 minutes. So in order to try and hit that proper pace, I'd have to do a few of them. So, But I will do a few of them to try and hold one, maybe do the 141 at a bit more of a faster pace. We'll see. Drink. Oh, don't really take too much in because remember I said I want to weigh myself afterwards. Right. I'm going to oh, pick up Berg Zone, load up, try and find where my two-minute cooldown is because I didn't put this in the workout that will end up on Erg Zone. There we go, there it is. I could still do that. I might do two. I might just do a two-hour on its own and then give you a two-hour with everything. Oh, my PM's just crashed on me. Oh, let's see if that starts. I do hope that's saved. That would be disappointing. Right, cool down in three, two, one, go. Ooh. Now, this is back to how we started the warm up, okay? So, really, all I want you to do is connect your legs and arms, okay? So, it's almost just like a body weight squat, as though you were just standing up. My pace right now is 2k plus. 50 so really gentle I can feel my fingers are a little bit sore on the handle but not blistered just a little bit sore just from that pressure point my hamstring I never really did play up again so that's fine. But again, you'll notice I did all of that without a seat pad, without special shorts, without a towel. And 
didn't once complain about butt pain. I talked to you about it just so that you knew about it, but I didn't say, oh, my backside's starting to get sore. So, I think, well, as far as proof goes, I'd say that was proof that you don't need a seat pad. I think your technique may lead you to think that one will help and it may help you, but I'd say before spending money on a seat pad, look at your technique first. I mean, I suppose it depends. Does having a big bottom make it worse or better? I don't know. Anyway, let's not talk about each other's bottoms. Ugh, that's the two minutes done. Very much a limp in. I mean, I, I finished at 2K plus one minute then just to try and just ease everything down. Just to make sure that the body just kind of went, ah, oh, and kind of decouple from that row. So there we go. So that was our two hour row. Bit of an odd ramble through time for two hours. Talking a bit about diet, a bit about technique, a bit about motivation, a bit about who to speak to and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully that kept you entertained enough to get through that two hours um, and you've come out with a great uh, finish. Like I said, what was I? 28,600 something I finished. Um, so let me know how far you got on. And all that really is left to say uh, is the hashtag, which um, let's just have hashtag 120, so 120, because it was, it was a, it's a great accomplishment for a lot of us to just row two hours non-stop. Like I say, that's the, even when I was doing the marathon, I stopped every now and then to stretch and whatever, so that's the longest, I've been rowing for years, and that's the longest single session I've done without getting off the machine, so we should all be very proud of ourselves, is all I'm saying. So, do take care of yourself, make sure and stretch. This is very important now, is make sure and stretch because otherwise you're gonna cramp up and you'll be in bed tonight and you'll go, oh, my leg. So stretch, have uh, something to drink, preferably something that's gonna be isotonic. Um, so uh, has a little bit of sugars, a little bit of salts in it to try and replenish your system. Um, eat well and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's it, we're done. So thank you very much for spending the past two hours and a bit with me. I will see you in the next video. Please stay safe, be well, bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.